Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. In the last episode, we talked about the new year and being able to use that new beginning to your advantage. And whether it's having a word of the year or setting your goals, being intentional to really use that momentum and that new start and that freshness, a new beginning to break away from what you've been doing and take steps in the right direction of where you want to go. And so today we're going to do something very similar, but in regards to your relationship and how every time you enter the room, that is a new opportunity to set the tone for that interaction. Or if you're in conflict, every time you step into that room, it's a new opportunity to change the direction of that conflict. But before we jump into that today, we want to make sure that you know that there are opportunities for you to be able to work with us one-on-one. In this new year, we launched Coaching with Truth, and we really want to get in the trenches with you and walk you through areas that you feel stuck in or just questions you may have where you're trying to reach a goal or you're trying to get this relationship back on track, but you just can't seem to get over that hump. So we want to be able to share our expertise and be able to guide you through some of that. So if you're interested in going deeper and working with us one-on-one, take a look in the show notes and let's get connected. All right, let's jump into today's episode. What we're going to be talking about today really applies to every interaction that you have with your spouse or your partner or even with your children. But it's even more important when you are in conflict because at that point, emotions are heightened and a lot of times there's a silent treatment going on or as soon as you walk into the room, there's tension. And so what we really wanna focus on is creating new opportunities and viewing every time that you walk into a room with your spouse, being able to see that as an opportunity to change the direction of that conflict and of your relationship. And I think when conflict happens, that's really where the rubber meets the road. Are you going to do the hard but better thing, or are you going to choose to do the easier but less healthy thing? And so in these moments and these opportunities, there is so much that can be gained or lost in this moment. If you navigate it well, it creates a deeper level of trust between the two of you. But if you navigate it poorly, it creates more of a mistrusting atmosphere. Now, it's not giant leaps one direction or the other, but over the course of your relationship, you're going to be having fairly regular conflicts, 
And if you edge more towards having the conflict in a more healthy way and trying to do healthy resolutions, then you are going to be creating deeper and deeper levels of trust. But over the course of your relationship, if you really get stuck in this pattern of doing it in this unhealthy way, you're going to create deeper levels of mistrust. And it's going to make the conflicts more inflammatory, more difficult, and more hurtful as time goes on. Right. And when you look at your relationship, you probably have a cycle that often happens when you're in conflict. So whatever your cycle is, you can use this tool to be able to work your way out of that. So imagine that you're in conflict and both of you end up leaving the room And then the next time you see each other, maybe you go into the kitchen together at the same time, both of you feel like, well, I'm still mad. I don't know if they want space. I'm not going to talk to her. And she's thinking, well, I'm not going to be the first one to say anything. And so both of you are just kind of these passing ships and aren't saying anything to each other. And maybe not even just two ships passing in peace, but two ships with your cannons ready where at any moment you're ready to fire to protect yourself. But maybe no one says a word, but you can feel that tension. And you know that you are just seething and they're angry as well. Maybe you wash a couple of dishes loudly, slam a couple of cabinets, and you walk out of the room. So let's explore an alternate option. You walk into the room, there's that same tension, and you just say hi, or you just say good morning, or you just address your partner directly as opposed to just letting the tension simmer. You're going to create an opportunity for reconciliation, for peace, for the end of that conflict to come up. But if you do it more like what Ruth described in that first scenario, you are enhancing the tension. You're pouring gasoline on the fire. And in those moments, it's very difficult. Don't get me wrong. I totally understand. Right? There's an emotional disgust to trying to be nice to your partner when you're frustrated or angry with them. But that feeling and sense of wanting to recoil at trying to reconcile with your partner, all that is is just emotional drivers. That's not really what you want at the end of the day. What you want at the end of the day isn't to hold on to your pride. What you want at the end of the day is for peace to be between you and your partner. And if when you are in that conflict, you're able to recognize, I have this emotional draw to sticking to my guns, but intellectually, that's not what I want because it's not going to create the sense of peace that I want in my house then I'm going to force myself and fight myself tooth and nail to get to the place that I can do the thing where I can try to be kind and try to reconcile with my partner. Right. And so as you walk into that second scenario, it really takes intention to stop before you go into that room and think, okay, this is another opportunity. This is a new beginning. And although you walking in and say, hey, babe, isn't going to take you to now problem solved, but it's a step in the right direction. It's that idea of turning towards. You have three options where you can turn towards each other, you can turn away from each other, or you can turn against each other. And in this interaction, you intentionally decided that I'm going to turn towards my partner with just a simple, hey, babe, versus walking in there, getting what you needed, washing the dishes, slamming some cabinets and leaving. You then created an opportunity for them to respond positively and walk with you in the right direction. And I think something else to be aware of in this is that your first foray, your first olive branch at peace is not necessarily going to be accepted by your partner. So just because you try to say hi or good morning or you try to cut the tension just a little bit, 
they may still be expecting or ready for a fight, or they may not have been able to say fully what they wanted to say, and so they're kind of like ruminating over that. So even if your partner doesn't necessarily respond to that olive branch right away, them now saying what they wanted to say is at least taking steps toward peace. But when we're at that stalemate and we're not saying anything or we're giving each other the cold shoulder, there's no opportunity for reconciliation. And so even though they might be saying things that you might not like or that may make you feel a little bit upset, it is bringing us opportunity for us to get to the end of the conflict. But if we don't say anything, we're just perpetuating it. And a lot of times people think, well, if I just wait it out, it will make it better. It doesn't ever really make it better. Your emotions may kind of subside, but the hurt is still there and is just waiting for something to come back that reinvigorates all those emotions that are left over from that hurt. Oh, for sure. And I want to add on that you're right. Just because you say, hey, babe, doesn't mean that they're going to respond well. And so one of the keys to this is being consistent and knowing what your end goal is. And so if you say, hey, babe, and they totally ignore you, you don't say, did you even hear what I said? I was trying to make things right. And when she just said that, I totally had to stifle some laughter because people do say stuff like that. But it does make me laugh because I'm like, oh, my gosh, don't do that. That's the wrong direction. Right. And I think that does happen a lot where people will begin to apologize or people will begin to take steps in the right direction, but they don't have that consistency. And so one roadblock or one thing that the other person says really just blows them up. And then it's easy for them to blame the other person. Well, I tried and you didn't do it. But if you just consistently take these small opportunities to take a step in the right direction and think about every time I walk into this room, I can change the atmosphere. I can change the intensity of this conflict. That will help you so much in your relationship. And sometimes it's not even words that you say. A lot of times if we are in conflict, if someone will just put their hand on the other person or sometimes Tim will come to me and say nothing, but have his hands open in a hug and we'll reconcile that way. And although the problem isn't solved yet, it allows this room to be able to now talk about it in a safe environment. And then sometimes Ruth will take a risk and she'll make a joke about the conflict. <laughs> and then sometimes that cuts the tension or sometimes it wasn't ready, but then she'll say too soon. And then that actually helps cut the tension even further. So even if the joke wasn't received well by me, if she says too soon, I can't think of a time when she said too soon that that didn't end up finally cutting the tension and then we came towards each other and then we started talking through the conflict again. And so one of the things that this does is it sets the tone for that interaction. How you start that interaction will set the tone and pave the way for what will happen. But it also creates these opportunities for connections in these moments. Especially when we're in conflict, it gives the other person opportunities to take a step towards you as well. And as you turn toward each other and step toward each other, that's one step closer to reconciliation. And we talk about all the time that when you have things just stuffed under the rug and there's a bunch of things that you haven't talked about, those are the little things that can lead you to divorce in the end. A lot of times it's not these big things that lead down that path. It's really those small things that build up over time and can cause the downfall of the relationship. And so using each opportunity allows you to turn toward and gives you another opportunity for reconciliation. And I think another thing that it does is that it makes the decision to say, hey, I'm here. I'm fighting for you. 
I don't want to fight against you, but I want to fight for you, right? That's that idea of turning toward, not turning away or against. But like we said earlier, most of the time, both partners are really upset and frustrated. And so when they walk into the room, they're testing the waters. They're seeing, okay, I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to wait to see where they're at and what they're going to say. But then the other person is doing the exact same thing. And so they're thinking, okay, I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to see where she's at and what she's going to say. But how that comes across and what that plays out as is the silent treatment. And then no one's talking and the tension's still there. And as both partners come into each room, almost assuming, okay, we're still in conflict, we're still in conflict, then they do this dance or whatever cycle that your relationship does, whether it is the silent treatment or whether it's just full out attacks and engaging or one person engaging and the other person not, that pursuer distancer relationship, whatever the case is, a lot of times the other person is waiting to see how you're going to respond. And by you not responding, it's seen as you withholding or turning away from them. Or even punishing them in that moment. Now, I think another thing that's important to know about trying to do reconciliation with your partner is that talking about facts normally is not helpful. What normally is helpful is talking about perceptions, because this is something we deal with all the time in couples counseling, where people are arguing about, well, you said this. Well, I didn't say that. I said this. And they get into this deep mire and trench of arguing about what the facts were of the conflict. But really what's important is how did someone perceive something? Now, even if they are factually inaccurate and they didn't remember the situation correctly, they still have emotions from the situation as they perceived it. And so addressing those perceptions is a much more important thing towards reconciliation than actually talking about the facts of the event and what had happened. Because once you address the perceptions, then that helps address the feelings. And then now we can talk about the situation more rationally. But I can't emphasize this enough. Don't get bogged down in talking about the facts. Just talk about perceptions and feelings. And once those are kind of more reconciled, then it's easier to get back to more of an intellectual discussion about why this didn't go well or what we disagreed about or how can we make some type of compromise in this situation. So don't get stuck on the facts. Talk about perceptions then deal with facts after the emotions have been managed. So if you take the same idea of every time you're about to walk into the room with your spouse, that it's an opportunity to enhance your relationship or to change the direction of a conflict, and you apply it to your relationship when you're not in conflict, there's also great benefit for that. Just thinking every time I walk into a room or every time I come home after being away for a period of time, I'm going to greet my spouse. You coming home, although maybe your spouse is stressed out with the kids or maybe you're tired from being out and you come home and you just want to rest, the way you enter into the home, the way you greet your spouse sets the tone for your interactions thereafter. And those things seem so little, but they are significant. So when they come home, go and greet them. Say hi. Put your phone down. Look at them. Give them a hug. Give them a kiss. Because it's easy over time, especially when you have young kids around, to be so caught up in the busyness of that, that when your spouse comes in, you don't even acknowledge them because you're in the midst of wiping off dirty faces. But stop for just a second and say hi to your spouse. Show your kids what it means to value your spouse. And it's so good for your children to see you have that physical affection toward each other. So I know before we've talked a little bit about the bid process that Gottman talks about, 
and bids are when someone bids for your attention and you either choose to turn towards them, away from them, or against them, just like Ruth was mentioning earlier in the podcast. There's a really interesting breakdown that he was able to identify with observing these couples that if you respond to your partner's bid for your attention 86% of the time, he found that those couples had a high tendency to stay together. But if you only responded to your partner's bid for attention 33% of the time, that's an indication that your relationship is in trouble. So when we're talking about these small little interactions, when we walk into the room saying hi and then responding to your partner when they say hi or, or greeting them when they come home from work or something along those lines, these things have a significant impact in both of your perception of how the relationship is going. It has an impact in how connected you feel with each other. And so these little interactions that you do really do build up over time and they can help make or break the relationship. And so don't look at them as insignificant or unimportant. It is a major foundation that you're setting with how we're choosing to interact with each other in these small instances. All right, guys, that's about all we have for today. So we hope this episode is helpful for you. And we hope that going into this new year in your relationships, that you will take every opportunity as a new opportunity to set the tone and direction for your relationship. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.